Hey, Remy. <laughs> I'm Batman. In case you couldn't tell, today we're going to be talking about 2022's The Batman. <sighs> and we're going to be talking about why this movie is one of the best Batmans ever. Well, except that it's fucking seven hours too long. Wow. Wow, Rumi. Well, I agree with you. I'm excited to talk about it. But I'm pretty depressed. So follow us on social media, I guess, like if you want to or whatever. Social media is I really- have 500 followers. Rifles are good. <laughs> follow us on social media, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at LaunchpadPod. Our website, LaunchpadPod.com. You got to check out this YouTube because we're dressed up today, oh, I guess. Yeah. And, and, and in true... Rocketeer fashion, neither one of us told each other. We just both signed on with no cameras on, and we were like, Oh, you're doing a bit too? <laughs> I thought we were going to have the same one. I, in the shower this morning, I was like, I'm going to do this. And I was like, I bet you he's going to do that. Th- this is uh, better, though. <laughs> I'm not going to lie. I did price out those uh, winter combat masks out on eBay. <laughs> I couldn't get it in time, though. So here we go. We're talking about Bo Batman on the Launchpad Podcast. Ignition sequence start. Right, welcome to Launchpad Podcast. I'm Batman. <laughs> I'm not going to tell you my name, but I will give you a lot of clues. Even though I'm some sort of social media influencer, the greatest detective couldn't find me until the last the last third act. Come on. Right? Like, yeah, I couldn't figure out from your Instagram account what, what you've been up to. Uh-oh, Rumi can't get his mask off. We're going to get into it. Yeah, we're talking uh, 2022's The Batman, starring Robert Pattinson, uh, all three hours of it. So this podcast is going to be twice as long as the movie, so six hours. Oh, yeah, because we're really taking it apart, so. Buckle up, fuckers. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) Directed by Matt Reeves, um, who, he did the Planet of the Apes movies, which I love. I love those Mm -hmm. Planet of the Apes movies. Um, The second one, War of the Planet of the Apes, is, I think, a phenomenal film. They're all pretty damn good. Uh, but this is the Batman, and as I mentioned before, I'm going to give you my first impression of this. Maybe the Batman I've been asking for for the longest time. Yeah, I have been saying agreed. for years, stop giving me Iron Man Batman, yep, and I please agree. start giving me Detective Batman. And they were like, your wish is granted. And I was like, oh my God, this might be my favorite Batman ever. And then they're like, ha ha, but we need full things to your ass. I got Stephen King so hard, because like, we're going to give you the Batman you've <laughs> That's always what wanted. That's you meant by this. <laughs> This is the Batman you've always wanted. Him doing detective shit. He's a fucking detective. But he's going to be the most confusing Bruce Wayne you've ever seen and like super depressed and whiny the whole time. So I'm like, I don't know. I don't know if I like this Bruce Wayne, but I love this version of Batman. This is this is by far one of my favorite iterations of Batman because I've mm. gotten Biff Bop Pow. I've gotten super action packed shit. I've gotten Iron Man shit. We've seen it over again, and so many people complain there's like not enough action in this movie. It's like, good, we've had that. We did that. Yeah, Do something I agree. different, and we did something different. I don't necessarily like how they did Bruce Wayne, but I understand it, and at least it was consistent, and none of it is Robert Pattinson's like choice to do this. I think this is all 
part of the character that I understand. And we are going to get into that. What was your initial takeaway? I have not been because I, I actually pretty much knew nothing going into it. I knew the Riddler. I knew the Catwoman. I knew Penguin. Um, I didn't know Falcone was in it. Um, I didn't know how they were going to handle Bruce Wayne. I had seen the toy of the Batmobile and I was psyched because that's the first real life looking Batmobile I've seen where I'm like, that makes sense. And the Batmobile um, was cool. It was. I did not. I did, so, But I didn't, you know, obviously it's the Riddler. You're like, okay, there's going to be riddles. I didn't know what it would be like. I did not realize it would be such a fucking maniacal, scary ass Riddler. And I really want to talk about that a bit. But um, I started it and I started it with Amanda. We started it at like 730 or 8 o'clock at night. And like 15 minutes in, I was like edge of my seat. I was like, like you, I was like, someone heard my Batman prayers. Yeah. This is what I want. Yeah. And the best thing I can say is for our listeners and fans who've been listening to us for a while, the first time we talked with Kelly Jones at WonderCon. Um, and if you guys don't know, Kelly Jones did all of the Batman Nightfall Nights and covers. He's he did Batman Detective Comics for the longest or the Batman for the longest time. The he is really known for drawing Batman ears. with the super tall ears. Yeah. And he's very <laughs> gothic. All of his Batman have really pointy fingers and the scalloped cape that looks very pre McFarlane, but like really scary looking stuff. And he loves oh, gothic shit. You know, Kelly Jones, like inspired spawn capes for. Oh, days, hell yeah. yeah. And like it's that scalloped vampire yeah. looking cape on batman and he also loves all the really funky gothic almost steampunkian um tools and magnifying glasses that he has like a towering crouched over batman looking with but when we talk with him we were talking about you know obviously a bunch of things but we talked about batman and i don't know if you remember but he said in his version of batman and his version of gotham if you're brushing your teeth and i'm pretty sure he said something exactly like this if you're brushing your teeth and you look out the window and you see the bat signal, even if you're a good person, you're scared because that Batman is a vigilante. It doesn't make sense. There's you, you, you don't feel necessarily protected. You're more like, oh, shit, I'm not going out tonight. And this is the first time in any Batman movie where mm -hmm. when the criminals looked into the darkness, didn't even see Batman, yep. looked into the darkness, I felt the heebie-jeebies. And I was yes! like, that is... Yes! Cool. And that's exactly what he said. That's what we need. When the when the villains look over to a dark corner of an alleyway, they're like, oh, fuck, is Batman there? That is the coolest thing this movie could have done. And one of the best times we've ever seen that. Because Batman's always like, I'm scary. But it's like, I'm never scared of Batman's suit. It's like, check out my bat nipples. Oh, I'm scared. No, it's 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 always talked about, but never shown very well. And this is the first time I was ever like, oh, he uses darkness and fear to his advantage. Fucking cool. It's like, I really can't be cool. everywhere at once, but I'll make them think I am. And it's like, yes. And I just, I remember, you know, we've, from this podcast, we've gotten to talk to so many cool creators about so many cool things yeah. and had so many great experiences. But Kelly Jones of all, and we talked about werewolves and stuff with him and nerdy shit about like what he likes to nerd out about. But one of the things that stood out the most was when he was saying, like, I would in my Gotham, I want everyone to be scared of Batman. You know, if you see Batman swinging by, you're not like it's not like Spider-Man. You're not like, oh, cool. It's Batman. You'd be fucking scared. And I like that. And in the first seven minutes of this movie, you're like, that is, you know, this is that Gotham. This is that Batman. And the fact that those guys are like spray painting and then they like look over at the shadows 
and then they run away. I love that. And then he beats up those, the first scene that Batman's in, he beats up those guys. First of all, I love that he immediately starts getting his ass kicked because it's like six on one. That's, I mean, you don't usually see that. It's the first time we've seen, and like, look, take a note, all superhero movies. I know that they had him get hurt several times and mess up. And like when he did the bat suit down off a building and then clicks a bridge and he's like, oh God, oh, that sucked. Take a note. That's realistic. Show me that every superhero movie should have a moment where they are not infallible because that's the biggest problem with Superman. That's even the Spider-Man movies that show him like, oh, I'm kind of goofy and clumsy and I mess up. That is what is relatable because mm-hmm. I, I don't think I'm going to nail this landing the first time I jump off a building. I don't think I'm going to not come out of a fight in a scratch six on one, no matter what a badass ninja I am. That has the, been the biggest problem with Batman for years is he never gets a scratch. And this movie, he got the shit beat out of him. And, and I even take he that made a bad step, decisions, which I is would ta- great. Right. I would take that a step forward because I feel like usually in a superhero movie, when we see them getting their lumps, it's during the training and origin part. This movie made it feel like this is the hundredth fight he's gotten in. And in every fight, he takes a pipe to the back. It also has that great shot where he, uh, Bruce Wayne is walking up the stairs with no shirt on. And it's an Alex Ross uh, uh, homage of him with all the scars and scrapes on his back. And you're like, that's what it would look like. But it, 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 I didn't get the feeling from this fight when he gets his ass kicked at the beginning or starts to get his ass kicked. And then he starts using some more of that gadgets and stuff. And he has like the electric punch and shit. Yeah. I, I, I like that because it, that isn't him learning. That's his Thursday night. That's just how it is. And he knows when he goes out, he's going to get a good deal of his ass whooped as long as he whoops more ass than he does. And, and that is, that is the curse of a vigilante. And it was so cool to see that in reality. Um, mm-hmm. So I was, I was, I'm into the vision of Batman. I love the vision of. Uh, well, wait, wait. Then and then the, the just to finish that scene, yeah. the guy, the 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 victim is on the floor, and yeah. Batman goes to help him up, and the guy says, don't "Please hurt don't hurt me." Yeah, me. Yeah, yeah. And you're like, "Yes." Would it, if you were there, wouldn't you feel that way? I thought, that, and again, that just to go back to what Kelly Jones said, that to me was like, "Fuck." And I was like, "Okay, I dig this Batman. I dig this Gotham even more yeah. so than Tim Burton Gotham. Yeah. I like this Gotham." I am in and I'm excited at this point. And, you know, they tease us with this this pretty gnarly vision of the Riddler. And I mean, we knew it was the Riddler from off the bat, but like this felt the like the Riddler from like, you know, that Joker one off comic book. Like it felt sort of really dark, yeah, almost yeah. seven like almost saw like it was he was a serial killer and played really well by Paul Diano because not only did it capture like the madness and the and being a psychopath, but it also captured like sort of that sad dysfunction of somebody who is is broken. The mm-hmm. insanity felt real. It wasn't just like I'm a crazy. I'm the Joker. Yeah. Yeah. He had reason to do it. He had reason behind it, and he thought he was doing something just. And those are the best villains, as we are told. You know, uh, as we've been told, the best villains think they're right, and that is to me executed beautifully in this. And I love that. You know, even though they had two villains, which apparently is like the must have from War- that's like the yeah. rule from Warner Brothers. I got to have two villains. Um, <laughs> stupid, but fine. They weren't connected in any way. And it was kind of like a side thing. Love that. Um, we got some really cool things out of it. I think, you know, even even the portrayal of Penguin as sort of not quite the kingpin yet. Colin Farrell, I thought he did a great job and it was a very interesting um portrayal of penguin if not kind of creepy because his skin didn't move but you know still still cool still cool i'm here for it i thought it was great um the riddler 
best Riddler I've ever seen. Yes, by far. Really hit home. I think like it'll be interesting to see if the people, including us, who like this movie today, like it as much in ten years, or to really well, take find away another three hours to watch it again. Well, <laughs> I'm gonna have well, to schedule that that far in advance. Here's the thing, like specifically <laughs> about the Riddler, and I think about a lot of the things that made Gotham Gotham in this movie. They are relatable to today. So you have this Riddler who you say is is scary. He's got a cause that makes sense and is relatable to the average person. It's not just genocide for genocide's sake. Yep. He has a reason that a lot of people can understand, even if they're not on board. Um, the fact that he is using social media as a platform to incite violence. I mean, is there anything more 2021, 2022 than that? You know, and I feel like that is a very good um comic book movie version of real life because you look at like the dark knight a heath ledger joker that could happen probably not with the makeup and the theatrics but like a crazy person could walk into a fancy rich party and cause chaos and for the sake of anarchy and to just crumble the society that could happen but it still feels fantastical we all can imagine someone going on social media with a, a point that could be understood by many and saying, hey, pick up your guns. I mean, we literally have seen that a couple times in the last couple of years. Um, I watched this. Weeks. I was going to say, yeah. I watched this movie sandwiched in between school shootings. Like, it's a very real, tangible thing. Without making it exactly about school shootings, it still is extremely relevant and topical to the world that we're living in today. And I think it doesn't matter if you live in New York City or East Bumblefuck. You kind of feel that in this movie and you feel that in Gotham's design, like you said about King, you know, Kingpin um, Penguin. I feel like that was a really good character without being over the top grandiose. Like, I love me some Kingpin in the Marvel Universe, but it seems a little bit excessive to think that one guy is in charge of everything. But like, OK, well, and when you think about where this movie has come, what it's coming from, um, this is I mean, there's been 13 iterations of Batman at this point, 13 uh, on screen, you mean? On screen. I yeah. mean, there's been more than that, but let's say 13 major, because there's sure. a shit ton of cartoon versions. From okay, the yeah, Universe, yeah, fair, fair. Video game versions, which have are, have been fantastic outings, but there's been 13, you know, all the way back to Adam West and two guys before him and all the way up through Robert Pattinson. And I think this is a great outing, but when you look at like, okay, what have we seen from, from the Penguin? It's like, well, we had the Danny DeVito version, which is about as fucking cool as you got at that sure. time. And- that's exactly what we wanted him to be. And then we had cartoon versions of that, which are equally entertaining for, for what that cartoon was doing. Love me some cartoon. I still think animated series is one of the highest, to me, if without I had to rank them, it's in yeah. my top three. Yeah, um, without a doubt. So this version of it was like, he felt like a real gangster. I believe that this guy was running some crime shit. He felt like a Tony Soprano, but like a little bit larger than life. Literally, like he was a big dude with nasty scars. And it's like, that's mm -hmm. cool. And then... The Riddler, what did we have before? Well, we've had a cartoon version and we had you know, Jim Carrey. And Jim Carrey, I think, did a really interesting take on it. And it worked for that movie. Right. For sure it worked for that movie. I don't think it works anywhere else outside Correct. of that movie. Correct. I agree with that. And it only works because Jim Carrey was the biggest star at the time. If somebody had done that now, you'd be like, what is that guy doing? But at the time, you're like, that's Jim Carrey. Look at him go. He's killing this. And he did. So to say, how do we approach this character in a new way that that you know still is what the Riddler is, but still scary and still interesting. Freaking awesome! And I thought, especially not only is the Riddler super scary when he's in the Winter Combat mask, killing people with like saw traps, 
But when mm-hmm. we finally meet Paul Dano out of the mask, the Riddler as himself, he's almost scarier. Yeah. Holy yeah. shit. Like that is crazy when he's like, we're the same, you and I. And when he's like having this conversation with the creepy Joker, awesome, awesome. To be able to be somehow more pathetic yet more terrifying outside of this horrific murder mask you have, that's wild. And 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 I think pretty pretty well done. And a, a very amazing casting, right? I like I don't love him in everything he does, but I respect his performance in everything he does. He's yep. never done anything where I've said I don't like him. He always commits. He's always really hard. I don't think he could play every role, but the roles he chooses are pretty good for him. And I heard that for this one specifically, he was going for a mine hunter seven kind of you know serial killer vibe. And I think he fucking hit that hard and and correctly, because I feel like you can, like you said, it's very easy to play, uh, not easy, but it's common to play the Heath Ledger Joker. Heath Ledger did it for that version first. Jack Nicholson did his first. But like it's everyone can do the I'm crazy. But like to be like, I'm crazy. You don't really know why. When he was counting down the time when Batman was trying to get that thing off that guy's neck in the funeral home or the church, that scene was fucking scary. That was scary. And that shit has happened in real life. Remember that story about the guy who was like a pizza delivery guy who got a bomb trapped to his chest? But then it turned out like he was part of the crew trying to rob the bank. They think he was. Yeah, but but like either way, like he blew up. Like that's fucking, it's weird. And it, you know, I think there's a lot of echoes of, of some of the plagues of society in these villains that they made for this for this movie. And I think he did an amazing job as that Riddler. I think it's the scariest Riddler I've ever seen on screen or in even in comics. I can't think of a, a scarier storyline or a scarier. Well, foe. Like, yeah, the Riddler is always a rough one because he's always played kind of cheeky. Like, yeah, yeah I got jokes and riddles and it's like, mm, but this to be like a seven, like it's a mix between seven, a mix between Zodiac, like literally the actual Zodiac. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's like, solve these <clears throat> impossible ciphers like can you figure out the code and it's like that's crazy um but i i i really dug how dark and messed up this guy was and i think you know when you look at the aesthetics and the mythos of the riddler and the joker a lot of overlap there and i think we could both look at movies and tv shows and cartoons and comics where either villain could have done pretty much the same role you know what I mean? Like Joker's more Joker, Riddler's more Riddle, but like there's a lot of overlap. This version, it was not the Joker. I mean, you could say he was an anarchist, but like that's not he wasn't trying to be crazy for the sake of causing anarchy. He was doing it for a very relatable human understanding of revenge, right? I think the overlap is they all feel like they came from the same carnival. <laughs> You know what I mean? And this didn't feel like a carnival show at all. No. And no. even the portrayal of the Joker that they showed, like you just see like little bits Love of it. him. I'm and and there have you since you'd never go online, did you go watch the scene that was cut yeah, out? Yeah, the deleted scene. Fucking cool. The deleted scene should have been the one in the movie and the movie the 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 actual scene should have been the deleted scene. There was nothing wrong with that one, but if I'm only getting one, I would have rather had the deleted scene. But I also get it. Stop. Don't tease the Joker if you're not going to do anything with it. Also, I don't care to see the Joker in the next movie. Don't please don't make another Joker. We've done it. We've done it so many times. Right. Don't step in that pile of shit. Hey, there's dog shit on on the sidewalk. Don't step on it. Please don't. Oh, (laughs) everybody else has already stepped in that. Don't step. (laughs) Don't step in it. We've done it so many times. If you say, okay, the next movie we're doing Joker and somebody else, you you better be ready to make that movie 
the fucking best Batman movie that's ever been made because we've already gotten the best Joker we've had in a long time and a lot of subpar ones and even ones that are just like, okay, fine. It's but fine, but what did you do? Don't, like, like, you're going up against the Mark Hamill animated version, which is one of the best Jokers ever. You have the Jack Nicholson one, which is OG. Not one of my favorites, but OG is shit and deserves all the respect in the world for doing a great fucking job and putting it on the map that everybody copied that after. Then we got the Heath Leather Ledger version that has blown that character to epic proportions. If you can't beat that, don't try. And everybody else has been copies of this or that or this other thing. So it's like, if you are not ready to bring the most original Joker and a movie that can match that, don't step in that dog shit, please. <laughs> it's going to be well, hard to get what, off your shoes. I liked what this one did with the deleted scene. He's essentially Hannibal Lecter, right? He's not the current threat in this movie. But Batman is going to be like, you're fucking psycho. Maybe you can help me understand this. I'm here so, for that. number one, for the world's greatest detective, your butler's doing most of the work, the most of the actual, like, cipher and detecting, and also you're going to go get help from the Joker. But, like, what a cool thing that I haven't seen done as much, at least, right? Only so in the if, comic books, yeah. Only in the comic books have so I, I seen think do that, the like, Hannibal Lecter thing. This movie is interesting because, like I said before, the first hour, hour and a half, I was, like, almost literally on the edge of my seat. Like, I kept moving and repositioning because I was excited. I was excited about so many things except one specific plot device, but which I thought was easily corrected. But anyway, I'll, I'll talk about that. Um, then it just got so long and laborious, but I feel like what needed to be done was they needed to... I think they tried to make three mini-movies all into one movie. They needed to pick at least, at most, two and develop one of them and make the other one a B-movie. What would have been cool for the Joker would have been if the Riddler was the only huge adversary in this you can introduce yeah. the penguin as a lead but like they did too many other things and then they branched out with the whole falcone um catwoman stuff which is great but make that a movie but if there was just the riddler and we focused on the riddler because i felt about halfway through we started worrying about all this other stuff if you had kept with the riddler yes. you could have had the you could have had the silence of the lambs homage play where you go in talk to the joker once you come back and have another scene with him that would have been really really cool because that would have been cool to develop so th this is 100 percent right before we get into kind of the some of the plot points and kind of the mystery of it all can we talk about batman himself can we talk about robert yeah Pattinson? yeah Let, let's do that and then get into some of these other okay. things because if we start getting into the plot that's where i'm going to start complaining about it Sure, so sure. Let's, let's talk about All right, what did you think about Batman? Well, again, for the 13th Batman, I think you're somewhere in the middle, but not bad. My brother helped my opinion on this. I, I'm not into depressed Batman, but my brother said this. He goes, yeah, but this is his parents are dead and he is raw from this. And my brother said, this is the first time we saw Virgin Batman. And I was like, oh, George Clooney's Batman. He fucks. Val Kilmer's Batman, he fucks. Michael Keaton's Batman, uh, yeah, Michael Keaton's Batman, he fucks. We see him. We see him wake up. He's like, sup, girl. We've seen Playboy Batman who's getting the ladies. Robert Pattinson Batman is a creeping, peeping Tom who's like, oh, she's taking off her clothes. <gasps> yeah, yeah. <laughs> he does not know how to interact with a chick who's literally like, I'm a cat. Meow, and he's like, I, I, don't, I don't know what to do with this. Val Kilmer, he know what to do with that. <laughs> Robert Pattinson was virgin Batman, who's raw from his parents' death. He is not emotionally mature enough to understand that his parents are his parents and have this like mythical like morality to him, but also fucking suck as people. Oh, my dad was a businessman. I'm just now realizing that he sucks. Like 
Andy Circus <laughs> has the emotional maturity to be like, oh, you're you're a little baby. Like, settle down. It's okay. I'm going to get you through this and teach you not only to be a Batman, but also teach you how to handle this world. Oh, by the way, I'm going to have to teach you about the birds and the bees, too. Okay, sorry. Like, <laughs> this was the first time we saw a Batman who was emotionally immature enough to put on a bat suit and fight crime, which I was like, oh, fuck. Mm. You have to be emotionally stupid to think that that is how you handle grief. And that is where I think this is one of the most interesting Batmans we're ever going to see. And a lot of people hated it. I didn't like it. But as far as like, oh, why don't I like it? Oh, because I like slick Batman. I like Batman who during the day is like, suck. I'm making money. I'm getting ladies. And at night, I'm kicking ass. That's what people like because that's what people think that they would be as Batman. Here's Mm -hmm. the reality. Your parents are dead. You are devastated. And you can't even like understand you can't even appreciate this guy who's keeping your shit together as alfred he is keeping your entire shit together and you're just like allowed to go sulk in the basement and you you're don't not appreciate my father that. yeah you don't appreciate that dude fuck you immature yeah. batman <laughs> you can't even figure out how to batman right like that is that is suddenly like and when my brother explained that to me he's like that's why this is cool i was like you know what you're right that is really cool i'm it's so annoying because i i want the detective and the Batman that I want to to match. Sure. But this is the Batman that makes sense for the world that they live in. He doesn't even know what being a hero is. He thinks it's going out and punching people. And it's not until the end that it's like, oh, I can help people and make them not afraid of me and scare the bad guys, but save the people. Because like when he goes to save them in the flood, they're like, uh, should I go? Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. And he's like, oh no, I'll help you. And people finally like give him like respect for that. And he gets a rush out of that. He's like, oh, maybe I should be helping people too. Whoa, that is showing him grow emotionally in that sense. And realizing that, you know, Paul Dano, when Paul Dano's like, you and I are the same Batman. And he's like, oh, fuck. Like, I am crazy. This is crazy. I'm I'm doing that like button. (laughs) (laughs) So suddenly there is is a crux that I'm very impressed with. And I still don't know if I like it, but I think they were consistent. And I think the choices that they made made sense for the Batman that they were doing. I I agree with all that. I didn't think about Virgin Batman. I didn't think about emotionally mature Batman. I thought about more about motivation and drive. I agree with everything you and your brother just said, and I like it more for that. Um, this, and I guess from here we can segue into the Bruce Wayne. But I like the drive of this Batman. It again, it's like I feel like I don't want to say anyone can play the Joker. But I feel like anyone who does play the Joker gets really excited and is like, oh, I am the Joker. And you're like, I know, but we've seen that already. You could do the same with Batman. Oh, I'm Batman. I'm I'm mad and sad and I'm worried about my parents being dead and I'm going to stop crime. And you're like, okay, but we've seen that. This is an um, almost a obsessively driven Batman to the point where, like you said, he shits all over Alfred. And I love that. I don't like that for people. You shouldn't treat your butler like that. You shouldn't treat your father figure like that. You shouldn't treat your guardian who has raised you through childhood and is taking care of your finances and is helping you with your illegal, crazy vigilante career. But what a great character concept that 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 um, Alfred is like, I'm going to stay here with you and you're going to repeatedly punch me in the face over this. But this is my job and you are my adopted son and I'm going to take care of you. And I'll walk you through this fire regardless because we're family and that's my job. And Batman, you're not my father. Like, I thought that was a great thing. I love I loved that relationship. And 
I guess what I'm saying is I didn't realize it was that emotional maturity that you and your brother are talking about, but I love that. Um, I love that he wasn't the most well-trained fighter, although he was like a brawler. When he walks into that club and he threatened, like the bouncer says something about like, you want to get blood all over that costume? And he's like, yours or mine? It seemed like a very real threat. It wasn't like posturing. He didn't deliver it over the top. He was like, I'm getting through this door. Are we doing it the hard way or the easy way? And then when he does end up getting into a fight with a bunch of guys in there, it, you know, first, of all, I didn't like that he was bulletproof, per se, because he gets shot a lot. But like, OK, it makes sense. Um, but I love just the way he fights and takes a couple hits, gets in close, takes the weapon away and then knocks the guy down. It just that makes sense to me. I like the costume. I like that we had a couple things like grappling hooks and dark shooters. I like that he had a, uh, a, a, you know, a stun gun punch. That seems to make sense to me more so than giant spikes that come out and can somehow rip a hole in a van for no reason. Transforming capes and I don't things like, like that. that. I didn't like yeah. the squirrel suit as much flying off the building, but like it's a real thing that is it's, is people and, use in real life. And it wasn't built in. He had to li- literally take that out right. and put it on. Which is so, kind of cool. Which And again, we haven't him, seen that, so like show it to me. Here's finally what I decided, because I hate Batman gadgets, right? Sure. This movie did fine with the gadget. They did a great mm-hmm. job, except for one, which we'll get to in just a second. Uh, all right. A man in a bat suit needs to be the most sci-fi thing in a Batman movie, in my opinion. Fair. The man in the suit needs to be the most fanciful thing. His gadgets can all come from that. And sure, a grappling hook doesn't work like that, but a man in a suit is still crazier than a grappling hook that can carry him up to the top of a building fine when he starts turning into iron man and his gadgets become so sci-fi that i'm like annoyed at it when that is the thing now i have to buy above him being a a batman that's when i'm kind of getting pushed to my limits of of batman movies and again dark knight did okay until suddenly like let's link everybody's cell phones together into this sonar related thing (laughs) and i was like come the fuck on and everybody's like no no but it's kind of real it's like i get it but that is a huge jump from right. the man in the bat suit. And this movie did a great job with he's got a stun gun in his arm. I've seen that patent online. It exists. Right, the right. Batman gauntlets with stun guns in the arms are real. The, the grappling hook, again, aside, that's not how they work, but grappling hooks are a thing. And I, you know, we get it. The Batmobile was real. The only thing in this movie that took me out of it and it didn't need to be a thing was the eyepiece that record, like a video recording yep. eyepiece. She could have gone into the club with a wire and we could have had the same scene. I thought the oh, same thing. But how is he going to record the clues? He has a camera on his bat suit. I would believe that over the I thing agree. that fits on his I eye. literally thought the same exact thing. That was and the same exact thought I had. It never goes anywhere. He never has to have the contact lens that records right. to solve a problem with something that seems a little more grounded. Again, having a camera in your bat suit that just records everything, kind of like we have on police now. Police, right. That's exactly. I was like, that could be a body cam. Why? Could have why can't he just cam. give her a body cam or a wire? It doesn't need to be. It doesn't need to a be a contact and, that she takes out for a couple of days and then puts back in later or uses again later. What? And and the body cam thing again, it could be super tiny, like a little button or something. I don't care about that. But the context is so sci-fi, and then he has to have like this, like giant, like computer system to run it that i'm like i that was why because batman needs some cool gadgets he has cool gadgets that you that, and then again i needed to bite off more than this guy dresses up as a bad right. fights crime in the city and can sometimes fly sort of that was stupid and again like his binoculars he just has regular binoculars like but then this this eyepiece is like all right. sci-fi and fucked out like come on we didn't but we didn't in their credit that. 
I got nervous when I saw that, but that was the last of that. There wasn't yeah. like, I was worried we were going to have more and more and more. And when you think about it, I loved his quote unquote bat cave. I yeah. love that he, you know, it was like the bat cave was just piles of things. Yep. He didn't have a lit, lit display with a suit in it. Even if you think about Christopher Nolan Batcave, there were literally floor panels rising up that had his suit and his gadgets in it. Just fucking put it on a table. Who built that? Who built a giant hanger for a tumbler yeah. and then had these panels that come out of the floor of full suits that like you and Alfred get a boner the first three or four times you use that. But then you're like, uh, it's like a DVD menu, right? The first time you see it, it's like, cool. But then you're waiting for the DVD menu. You're like, I just want to hit play. You're like, I just got to go out and stop a murder now. Ooh, my suit's coming out. <laughs> this felt like he was literally, you know what it felt like he was like? He felt like he was in like the old abandoned Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles 2 Secret of the Ooze hideout, like in the subway, just with fucking spider webs and a payphone on the wall. He was just worried. There was shit all over the place. And think about That's it. How if, it. I like that. I mean, we've never seen, yeah. we've never really seen Down and Dirty. We've never seen Batman doing recon in a motorcycle helmet on a regular I mean, motorcycle. Look at look at the space behind you, Matt. Like it's like that that you're just like this is where I put my books. This is where I put my Batman gadget. This is where right. I put my thing. Yeah. Like, this is the cleanest this room is. If I turn the camera that way, it's a pile of <laughs> piles of shit. Oh, there's my Batman suit. There's my, you know. But it's like, you know, he's living out of a garage and it's like there'd be so much welding involved. Like think about it. Like right. if you're Batman, you're going to be doing so much welding and like suit repair every night. You have to rebuild those armor plates and just have that shit around. Like who has time to get contact lenses that are also like paper thin video recording devices? Like that's bullshit to me. And that almost, almost ki- like it literally got yeah. me so pissed off that almost killed it for me. But because it wasn't like, again, I just, if I pretend it's a, just a, a wiretap, fine, then we're great. Um, so that was the piece that pissed me off. But same. Ultimately, it became okay. They, they, you know, they didn't, they didn't overly, they overly used it, but it didn't matter to the plot to the point that like it did in the Nolan Batman's where it was like, and then that's how we're going right. to find it's the a Joker. Plot point. And yeah. you couldn't like, you couldn't fake like when, so. If you guys haven't heard me and Rumi talk about it before, when we used to watch Batman the Animated Series or something like that, cartoons for kids together, when a building blew up and the the, the cartoon would imply that everyone got out in time, me and Rumi would be like, seven people died in that fire. Okay. Or like, you know, like, there's there's no way, like, Batman submerged somebody. And they're like, no, he drowned him. He was dead. Well, And this movie took out all the guesswork because they're like, eight people died in that explosion. Yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah. Oh, damn. Uh, hundreds of people are dying in this flooding. Oh, damn. Yeah. Like Gotham got fucked up in this movie and there was collateral damage that Batman felt. And I know they did it in the Superman movies where Batman's like, I'm so mad I'm Batman because of the collateral damage of Superman. Okay, fine. (laughs) Fine. Fine. But the fact that this movie addressed that was like, that's fucking gnarly. That's a gnarly thing to weigh on you. You're like, oh, my indecision fucked a lot of shit up and people are dying. And again, I I think the Nolan Batmans are probably my second favorite sort of, well, I'll say the first two, Batman Begins and Dark Knight, I think are, are really good at like playing up how dangerous the city is and how the city feels. But like as far as vibe goes, you can't beat how dark and like noir this is since the yeah. cartoon or the early Burton ones, which, you know, it's tough because it's like the early Burton ones are so stylistically awesome and they, they work for what that is. And like, but like now they're kind of silly compared to what what they've what it's become. Well, they're beautiful for the. It's almost like what you said about um, um, Jim Carrey being a great Riddler for that movie. Yeah. You know, Tim Burton Gotham is great for Tim Burton's Batman. Tim Burton's Gotham wouldn't work for Matt Reeves's Batman. Do you know you what like, I mean? Uh, not to get too far away from it. Did you like Andy Serkis as 
as Alfred? Yeah, he did fine. That's another thing where without, you know, poking the bear, I don't want to make the movie longer, but I wish that relationship had been developed more into like him helping twice, him telling Bruce what's what, Bruce telling him to go fuck himself, and then him opening Bruce's mail and blowing up. Yeah. Like, it just seems... And I didn't like that whole mail blowing up thing. There were too many holes in that where like he Batman knew that he was going to open his mail and was rushing home and calling him to try to like, what really yeah, like we- it's that that seemed a little forced. But anyway, um, I liked Andy Serkis's, um Alfred. I think they're trying to make cooler versions of Alfred's with each movie. But this one wasn't the when I was a soldier of fortune and I was a bad at like it was like, okay, we're not worried about that. You can do a crossword puzzle. That's good. And because uh, I cl- crucial because our detective didn't even do that he's just like by the way i did this puzzle for you <laughs> um it's like but, i was gonna do my sudoku but i think i'll solve this murder puzzle now yeah this but the like, murderer's can, out and you're not doing anything can you imagine how pissed people would be if if this batman was that mean to michael kane like, you don't get to talk to michael <laughs> kane like that he's a nice old man how dare you talk to michael kane like that and michael think- kane did a good job but i don't like that's not my alfred I mean, my Alfred is obviously the one from the from the the Tim Burton ones, but this Who one was him? this I one. Was pretty, I, I'm I'm losing the name. I forget right his now. name, but he was he was that older actor who was yeah. he was in a bunch of Hammer horror films actually. Yeah. Um, and then he died in the fourth Michael, one, and then Michael Go G O U G H. Yeah. There you go. Um, but he like, did. yeah, can you imagine if if you were mean to old man Alfred, and you're like, you don't get to be <laughs> mean to that old man? Like Andy Serkis is young enough for you to be like, he can take. He'll hold his own. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, He can hold his own in that abuse and be like, all right, I'll just keep your money going and give myself a raise while I'm at it. (laughs) Yeah. How do you do? (laughs) He was good. um, And I really like their relationship. I like, we haven't really seen Bruce be a dick to Alfred. I mean, I've seen it once or twice in the comics, but I like that he's like, look, I'm trying to be Batman. If you're going to help me be Batman, great. Anything else, I don't want to hear it. And I like that. Like That was an interesting thing that we really haven't seen, at least in the movies before. Um, and I thought Robert Pattinson, I really like as an actor. I've seen a couple. I've actually seen many Twilights. I think two in the theater with Amanda. The rest I've seen many for Shitty Movie Sunday. And they are great, actually, for Shitty Movie Sunday. But I don't think that was his fault, the way those movies are what they are. And no. quite frankly, they succeeded in doing what they wanted to do. So exactly. how much could I possibly shit on him? But you every know, other thing I've ever seen Robert Pattinson do... I've been like, damn, that kid's got guts. That kid's got bones. He can act. And I thought this was no different. The only thing, and I liked his Batman. I Amanda was making fun of the eyeshadow the whole time. I like that. It's a first of all, it's like a, obviously it's a visual um device, right? Like they're 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 showing us something visually that he is always the Batman, even when he's Bruce Wayne. I liked that. I like the context of I don't have time to wipe my makeup off while I'm trying to solve the crimes in my dingy garage. Just fucking leave me alone. Yeah. The only thing I didn't like about him is he doesn't look like a man. He looks like a skinny little boy. He looks like, and I, I get that that might've even been a choice, but like, I look like a grown up. Like, I think if you put me in a suit, I look like a grown up. I have shoulders. I have mass to me when he was in like a, a trench coat, you know, looking sad. You were just like, <laughs> oh, like, oh, you little emo kid. You put on daddy's coat because you miss him. It's like I, I didn't buy him as a human grown up. He looked like two children stacked on top of each other. Yeah. Like, and I would like to do children. one business, please. Yeah. <laughs> That's what I, that was. I, that was the, 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 the only thing against him. And I don't know how you could help that except maybe pad out his shirts. But like literally, he just looked too skinny and small to me. 
which if you really wanted to get into it, then you're like, well, how skinny and small is that Batman? And that Batman did look pretty svelte compared to the other ones, which I'm fine with. And he looked imposing enough, but I just thought as a man, he didn't look like a man. I (laughs) loved their relationship with the cops in this movie. Where Loved like, it. Yeah, like, that's, I, that's a strength of the movie, I think. I need him to come in and look at this crime scene. And everybody's like, fuck this guy, vigilante bullshit. And like that scene where they're like, rip his mask off and he has to escape the police station. Yeah. Fucking cool. Um, It felt real, I feel yeah. like. I feel like we've seen other cops in other movies and stories be like, hey, no Batman allowed in here. And they're like, ah, oh, but he's with me. Oh, well, I'll be upset about it. But like, I felt like this, especially the beginning, that first scene where the duct tape politician is dead in his chair and Batman walks in and there's a room full of cops. I feel like you could feel the tension there. I thought that was fucking great. Awesome. Awesome. So good. Um, you know, the Commissioner Gordon, fine. Jeffrey Wright's great actor. So he did fine. a good job. So fine. Uh, he would have been fired immediately for getting Batman <laughs> out of there. Like they would have been like, you know what? Yeah. You're hanging out with this Batman so much. Like, get out of here. Um, so that 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 was a little stretch, but fine. Okay, it's all good. Um Catwoman, I think, was a really big miss for me. Um, and and here's here's why. And again, probably not Zoe Kravitz's fault, yep. but here's why. Catwoman was the only time I felt like the movie kind of soapboxed at me. You know, the whole movie's like social media is bad and people are evil and like, you know, all these there's a bunch of fuckheads out in the world who are sick and we're enabling them. And I was like, okay, but I never felt like the Riddler got soapboxy. Zoe Kravitz like walks up on the roof and is like, fuck rich white dudes, am I right? And we're like, okay, I get it. But that's not their fault. This is Warner Brothers. You are a bunch of fucking cowards. Fucking cowards. Kowtowing to China because you can't show a lesbian relationship that suffered to your movie and it's cowardice. And like now Warner Brothers like, happy Pride Month, everybody. But you couldn't. Wait, what did they do that was, they that was, couldn't they admit, something? They could not admit that she was a lesbian. She never is like my girlfriend who I'm having sex with and kissing. Right. The whole movie, she's like, I'm, I'm looking for my friend who disappeared. And it felt like such a stretch to me that my she's just My friend who like, I live with and she refers to as baby at yeah. least once. They And they can't just show them to be a couple. They can't just say that they're a couple. They have to like dance around it. It makes it feel stupid. Why would somebody go through the hoops and risk their lives for a, just, just a friend who like, oh, I feel bad for her. I'm, oh, I'm scared for her. Like none of that made sense. It made it feel so weird. You'd be like, well, why? Well, just call the cops. Or don't, or don't, who cares? At this point, yeah. if unless she has more of a mode, and it's like, oh, because they're lovers. But Warner Brothers is too fucking coward, cowardice because they won't make money in China if they show these people actually. Is that be a your couple. hot take on that, or did, is that for sure that that's a hundred percent for sure? Yeah, they said that. Well, they're never going to admit that. That that would be that would be that would be double doubling down on being cowards. No, everybody knows that that you can't you can't have a, a lesbian relationship in a movie and then sell it to China. That's that's been a problem for years. They can't put a black character on a poster and sell it to China, or they're too scared to. That's why John Boega isn't on Star Wars posters. You know, that's why they're having trouble putting the Obi Wan chick on on Obi Wan posters. Like, oh well, China might not like it, and a black person. Oh, China might not like that's that's coward shit. Get your head out of your ass, and then don't don't fucking put rainbow shit on your logo and say happy pride month when you can't fucking show gay characters and then sell it, not sell it to China. Who cares? Do you know, it's a disservice to the character. It's a disservice to the movie and disservice to people here who, who, who are gay. That's fucked up. Sorry. Hot takes, but well, I have a, I have an interesting alternate take that does not step on that one at all. All right. I thought 
that they were like she clearly is a le- it, it, she clearly has a relationship with this other girl yeah, right? the girl sure. who goes missing she they're clearly you know lovers girlfriends whatever you want to call it i thought they were pussyfooting around so to speak yeah <laughs> <laughs> um i thought they were tiptoeing around that on purpose to be coy and also not to solidify it but I thought it was clear enough that that was what the case. I thought that was clear to us as a educated, relatively educated audience that that was what the case was. I thought um, that she is a character, Catwoman. We see her flirting with Batman a couple of times and outright either try to or kiss him once. I thought that was her character trying to get what she needed done, done. So even though her, let's say, girlfriend, her girlfriend is missing, murdered, whatever. She'll flirt with Batman if it means Batman will help her figure out that mystery because we figure we know that she's going into the club. She's been keeping her ear to the ground anyway. We eventually find out that she has been doing almost all of this to try to find out, you know, to get revenge and find out more about her father, Falcone. So I thought that she was a woman with a mission and sexuality aside, even if whether she's gay, 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 gay or bi or whatever. I took it almost as like she was in love with that girl and that girl meant the world to her, but she's not against flirting with Batman and doing what she needs to do with him to get him to help her do that. And I thought this was a very good portrayal of Catwoman in that sense where she's like, look, I'm, I'm, I'm down with the vigilante thing. In fact, it's kind of sexy, but I'm doing it for my own ends. And that's the cool thing about Catwoman and that she's not necessarily like, I like that she, he, she, she, we don't find her as just like a cat burglar. And also, we don't find her batshit crazy, cat shit crazy, if you will. Okay. Now, licking yeah. her hands and no, no, shit. No, 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 no. <laughs> yeah. Um, I mean, fucking awesome Catwoman portrayal, but again, it works for that movie. For that movie, right. Um, you know, her just being a, a, a burglar, as she is in the comic books, is always kind of funny to me when it's like, yeah, there's diamonds everywhere, but there's also villains with, like, death lasers, and you're not like, I'm going to steal that instead and do this. Yeah. So, so I like that this portrayal was tied up with sort of the situational aspect of it. But again, that plot line almost stretched this movie way too far out. Right. And I think that, are we ready to go into like what could have been done? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So uh, like and this, movie, this movie was great, but they tried to do too many things and it was too much plate spinning where at the end, now we have three climaxes and three storylines that we have to now finish up. And I think what would have been smart for Catwoman thing would be to have introduced her here, maybe not even get into the lover disappearing thing, or don't even introduce her. Set the set the tone for this Batman, this Gotham, this universe with the Riddler storyline. You could even get from the Riddler storyline the side plot of Bruce Wayne and Batman losing faith in his father. Yeah. Then you save the redundant story of her Catwoman's problems with her father for the next one, where we now already know the Penguin. We already know Falcone is a character because maybe, you know, you put him in a side role in this movie. Then in the next movie, that's either a subplot or the plot. Batman and Wonder and Wonder Woman, Batman and Catwoman are trying to take down Falcone, maybe for different reasons and end up crossing that whole murder thing with the daughter, with her girlfriend and everything that could have all been in that movie. Now, I understand that some of the Riddler victims had to do with that, but I feel like you could have written that so that story a didn't touch story b and make that its own movie so we can explore it because essentially there's some tim sale um long halloween dark victory storylines that are running from there with that catwoman falcone face scratch stuff and it's a great story it's not exactly a batman story but that's okay but there were so many other stories in this one 
that by the time we get to that one, I'm like, Ugh, uh, the yeah. Riddler is still out there. What are we doing about the Riddler? We live in a time where true crime is so pervasive. We, mm. I watch tons of true crime documentaries that are real and more engaging. And, you know, you watch 48 hours, you know, on the Discovery Channel. And it's like watching real cops do real cop shit. Here's something that never happens in real cop shit where they're like, I got a clue. <gasps> Somehow it has to deal with me personally. Yeah. <laughs> All those true crime things are fascinating to me. Wow. Fascinating. Wow. They found a clue. To make every single clue somehow like also deeply personal about Batman right. is agree. exhausting. You could have just solved a murder mystery and it not have to also be the center of the murder mystery. Correct. That's fine. This is a movie and a comic book and that's what happens. But it's like sometimes you had to like stretch that shit because they also like, I saw this how it went down in a real true crime documentary. How do we stretch Batman into this clue? Right. And they had to do a lot of weird shit to make that work. Then to also, oh, it's all about me and these clues are about my dad and about me. I have to figure that shit out. Oh, and it's also tied to Catwoman and the Penguin. Wild stretches when it's like right. you could have simplified this and have it be just as interesting and still work and still be personal. Like solving some shit about your dad sucking is fine, but also had to tie to you. <laughs> That 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 was to me kind of where the mystery side of it was. I wouldn't say a failure because it worked, but not as satisfying. Not as satisfying because sometimes you could see the stretch, the sure. stretches in. Yeah, it. yeah, like, yeah. That's a good right. way. To, that's a good analogy. The stretch to talk about it like that. You're thumb, right. Thumb. What's this mean? Th thumb drive. He's on a thumb drive somewhere. I was like, oh god. I was fine with that, but like you're right. What it should have been was, it, it, like. The fact that this was a Wayne fund nonsense, it could have just been the McLean Foundation. It didn't have to be Batman's thing. And that would have made it, I don't know, more, like you said, more palpable. It would have been more like, oh, this is a this is a mystery that has been solved now. Yeah. It doesn't have to be about him and his dad and everything. You could still have Bruce Wayne somehow involved slash a, a tentative target. That's fine. Um, yeah. I, yeah. The fact that everything was just so interconnected was... Um, kind of exhausting and especially when you're like wow we've gone first full circle like three times and still haven't caught this guy um and and like you said the parallel thing of of fathers that's a strong storyline but diluted because you got the the riddler in the middle of it but i would rather watch the riddler than this other side plot that that you know just felt shoehorned in because you needed more batman-y stuff in there there's plenty of batman stuff in there like you don't need to shoehorn somebody in every time and again zoe kravitz fine Fine. Great. Uh, better than the last time we saw Catwoman in Dark Knight Rises. Um, but she looked good on that motorcycle, though. Like, I don't want to sound like just a guy, but like when she got on that motorcycle, I was like, OK, OK. <laughs> but I mean, yeah, it was fine. And, and I thought she was at least doing interesting things and complicated as a character. So that's cool. Hooray. Yeah. But you didn't. I don't know. Again, that could have been a different movie and didn't need to be all interconnected in this like Wayne fun bullshit that. Yeah. And it is it's one of those things like I love those um, red letter media reviews of the prequels and I listen to them a couple times a year. Yeah. And they're so funny. I, I, they're really funny, but they're thought out. And one of the things he says is specifically for, um, I think, episode one, the way that story is written and edited together, you couldn't really lose one part. It was all so connected that you need like. Once it was written and shot that way, you couldn't edit around it or chop a piece off. I feel like this movie, maybe after the fact, after you shot it, 
But this movie, you could have chopped off the Catwoman Falcone stuff. You could have still kept Falcone in it. You could have still kept Catwoman in it. You could have put those unobtrusively into the storylines of the Riddler and maybe Bruce Wayne finding out that his father might not be the stellar Staleheart character he thought he was. Yeah. And then you save that other, what would that be, a B or a C line for the next movie or something. And I think, like you said, it could have easily been developed into a, a more forward plot, like a bigger plot. And like, I mean, the only thing that was bring him out into the light and then he gets sniped, which is like the only thing that ties those like four or five sure. plot lines together. He could have found the apartment just like we did in seven, which, you know, that's, that's right. the other thing is like, we've seen the movie seven and it did a great job. You followed those beats, but then we're like, how do we get Catwoman into this? And it's like, yeah. you know, I, I guess, I guess Brad Pitt could be the Catwoman in the scenario, but you know, <laughs> it, it was, it was, that, that was the thing. You, you could have cut at least a half hour of this thing because here's the thing. You know what part you should have cut out? The ridiculously over the top chase scene with like the penguin and the Batmobile. Yeah, come on, get it. Yeah. yeah. I didn't need any of that. But I no. feel like Warner Brothers is like, we have to have some explosions. Come on, you guys. This is getting, I've watched two hours of this movie. You haven't blown anything up. And it's like, okay, thanks, producers, for throwing that. That's like when we watch Watchmen, it was like every 25 minutes on the dot, they're like, you better punch something because I'm bored. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's and like, it's like, you know, that it, this movie was way better and tighter than Watchmen. But I agree with you. That scene, the car chase scene was extremely out of place and didn't need to be there. Now, if we weren't trying to trim fat, I would say it's fine. It doesn't it doesn't hurt anything. Sure. But if someone was like, hey, this movie is three hours long. Does it need to be? I would be like, Nope. And I would pull out my knife and I would just be like, chop, 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 yeah. chop, chop. Because he could have a lot of stuff. He could have revved up the Batmobile and just hit Falcone and been sure. like, sure. Not Falcone, hit the penguin and been like, got him. Like, that's all you needed. You really, yeah. you needed none of that chase scene, which, yeah, yeah it was fine. And it was cool. But, but man, finally, a cool Batmobile for the first time in uh, since fucking 1989. So I'll, I'll allow it for that. Dude, when that thing revved up and you were like, Oh shit. Like yeah. when it was in the dark alley and just went and Yeah. Oh. And the fire shot out the back. I was like, yeah, that was red. But then like halfway through that chase scene, I'm like, are we gonna ever catch the Riddler? I've been watching this movie way too long. And it's like that tells you that tells you my emotional maturity when I'm like, cut cut out of the chase fight scene explosions to get back to some plot. That's my emotional maturity show. <laughs> I think Alfred would be proud of me. Give me give me a bump in my allowance, perhaps. Well, it was, I, I mean, I love that. I love that Batmobile. I loved it going in. I'd seen, I got to give credit where credit's due. I'd seen uh, the penguin makeup and I thought the penguin makeup looked good, but I have to give the, uh, the Andy Circus gorilla palm. I'm sorry. And I submit, um, what's his name was a great fucking actor in that role. Now I can't what's think of his name. The, the penguin. That guy. Oh, oh, Colin Farrell. I've seen him in some terrible shit. I don't think he's a great person. I've seen him in some stuff that is fine, but nothing. I've seen him do a bad job, but I've seen him do some really, really good stuff. And I don't think he deserves an Oscar for this. But like you said, this is the penguin I wanted to see. And I would like he's one of those things. I this is a great introduction to him. I heard they were doing a TV show with him or if they do the sequel movie where he's a bigger part. I love the the iceberg lounge penguin. I love when he's like, I'm just a simple restaurant owner. And you know there's more to it. 
And I love that he's not using umbrella. I love when he doesn't have umbrellas. That shouldn't even be in there at all. But I love when he is someone that Batman goes to and grabs. And he's like, you can't, you can't punch me. I'm a restaurant owner. And Batman punches him. And he's like, what the fuck are you doing? And he's like, I need this information. And Penguin's like, okay, okay, fine. But I will do it only if I know it takes care of me somehow, too. I like that. I like that mobster thing as opposed great. to like, wah, 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 wah. I don't, I would have liked Meredith, but that's done. I would have really liked an homage to an, to an umbrella. Like just he's in the rain and he has an umbrella because that's what he would have sure, in the rain. Sure. And but like a he just, regular. He just, yeah, he just has it and then like puts it down. Like, and you get a nice like meal sure. out of it where he puts it down and you see it collapse and it's like him being there. Like, sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. A fun way to, but I don't need it to shoot gas. Nope. I don't need it to control penguins. Uh, yeah, I don't want him to have, I don't want him to have birds that help him do things. I like the crime lord penguin. I think that's a cool idea. And I think it was done well here. And I think Colin Farrell did a great job. And I think I've told you this before, but did you see a killing of a sacred deer? No, but I, I know all about it. It's uh, oh, that's right. You were you. Why are you turned off by it? It's this. It's that a 24 like elevated weirdness <laughs> where I'm just like, I, I oh, get I it. Buy it. I, buy I get it. it. If I don't find a girlfriend, I'm going to turn into a lobster or, or what? No, no, that's the lobster. Sorry. That's the other movie he's in. <laughs> That, I, that one like, I didn't see. The, this, the Killing of a Sacred Deer, I went in knowing nothing about it. I think I read the streaming summary, which is very vague. And I was like, okay, I'll try it. And it's fantastic. You're very right. It's very, um, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. it's a little uppity. <laughs> and I could clearly see how someone would be like, oh my God, you're pretentious. I yeah. loved it. I loved Colin Farrell's performance. And I forget the kid's name, but the kid who plays the Joker in this movie was also in that movie and does an amazing job. And thinking of that, even though that he doesn't play the Joker in that movie, seeing what little bit he did with the Joker in this movie and thinking about the killing of a sacred deer, I think he would be a really interesting Joker character. I think he could carry a movie, but it wouldn't necessarily, I mean, like you said, would it just be the Dark Knight again? I don't think he was in Killing of a Sacred Deer. Oh, there he is. He was. Yeah, yeah, he was. Okay. 2017. What was, what's his name? Uh, The Kid? Yeah. Um, I, I don't know what the kid's name is. Jokey McDeer. Jokey McDearerson. Yeah. Um, I don't the know the kid's name in the movie. I don't know. Where are you? Barry Keoghan. That's his name? Yeah. The actor. Barry K-E-O-G-A-G-H-A-N. Barry Keoghan. <laughs> He's good. I thought he did a good job, you know, with the Joker. I thought like it was an intriguing Joker. Like you said, do I want him to be the villain in the next one? Almost absolutely, definitely not. But. Would I want to see more of that Joker? So we're getting to an hour. Let's talk about it. What do you want to see in the next one? What if you said this world continues? What do you want to see in this one? I want you to take the first last hour of this one. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Well, it's interesting because if you know the comics, they've almost set this up as the no man land story. Do you know know the no man land story where there is a giant earthquake in Gotham and it turns into this like no literally a no man's land, almost like a road warrior esque Gotham where like. The different villains are kind of in charge of different areas of Gotham. I could see that happening, but I hope they don't do that because that's a little too cartoony, right? It's a little too. We've also already seen Gotham cut off from the rest of the world in Batman Dark Dark Knight, Dark Knight Rises, Rises, right? Yeah. We already saw that. Um, well, see that again. The Catwoman thing would be so natural. I feel. Well, Riddler and Joker are now both together in jail or Arkham, and they're conspiring, right? I think it would be cool if the next movie you dropped a couple hints about what they're doing. What would be cool? What would be cool is if you use Joker in the next movie, like Hannibal Lecter, 
And while you, you write that, you write that movie and you write the third one. And the third one is the Riddler and Joker doing some crazy bullshit that Batman's got to stop. But in the clues that the Joker is giving him in the second movie, he's also dropping clues that you don't realize are clues till the third movie. That'd that be would cool. be pretty cool. Who so I would I, I, I want to see them use villains that we don't see much of like ever. Let's see. Rachel Gould. Well, Rachel Gould, I guess we saw in the first like, one. Court of Owl- Owls would be cool, but Court of Owls, you almost need him to be a seasoned Batman to do right, that. Right, right, right. Um, Two Face would be. We've seen them, but Two Face would be good. Um, you know who that who they hinted at? I don't know if this is true, but he, the uh, <laughs> the director has was like, I really want to do this, but I don't know if they'll let me. Mm. He wants to do a Mister Freeze. I would love to see a take on Mister Freeze if done in a wild, interesting like way. Like this Mr. Fr- like the Mr. Freeze that actually fits in this world. And and I know what it is because I, I have I have an idea, like an arc that oh, I, like, I know I you just do. jotted down. And it's like treat him like the Iceman killer from the like the actual like mob hitman who they called mm-hmm. the Iceman. Because he'd like kill people and put their bodies on ice and then like dump the bodies and you couldn't figure out who they like how did they die? They've been in a in a in a actually in an ice cream truck for months. Mm-hmm. Um, like this guy's crazy and that would be a really cool version of Mr. Freeze like I don't need ice guns ice walls ice puns so he's he doesn't have any ice things it's just a name it's a name and he somehow like ties it in like he freezes their bodies or maybe kills them with an ice bullet I don't know like you can have an ice gun I think but no sci-fi way. ice Not, bullet would be interesting I think there's a way to do an ice bullet in a way that I'd buy it in this world you know yeah. or, or like you know it's a gun that generates an icicle that he stabs people with something that like the the, the Evidence melts, so it's interesting. Mm-hmm. I, I'm on board for that. Don't show me ice rays that shoot that he can surf Agreed. down walls with. That wouldn't, yeah, that wouldn't. Really I think work. that would be very interesting. Um, I think, I think that would be really cool. I would black mask could fit well into this world. Where I you agree. Have, um, you know, something like that. Uh, one that I have no clue how you pull this off in a way that isn't cheesy and terrible. But Scarface, the ventriloquist puppet, has always been an interesting character in the comic books that has never made screen and been done in a way that made any fucking sense that worked but in the world of social media here's you have this like puppet and you don't know who's controlling the puppet but he's the puppet is doing the videos if done right could be interesting Um, what if what if in the same vein as the freeze you're describing what if the puppet is not a physical hand on you know thing on my hand puppet but it's a puppet person like a puppet dictator or something so you have this guy almost like what they stupidly made um what was his name? The monarch or uh, whatever in Iron Man when Ben Kingsley was in Iron Man, right? Oh, it's make this make this character who's like the new kingpin in town, the Queen Amidala reveal, where it's like, <laughs> yeah, the butler's actually in charge, and it's like, yeah, what that would be cool is someone, but like Batman finally busts so and so, but he's a puppet, and then it starts to be like, oh, the because you know, I guess because it's Scarface, not the puppet master. Yeah, I think you could do something like that where that character. I mean, like you said, like like a hitman is is Mr. Freeze because of an ice related thing, but it's not ice ice. It wouldn't be pick hmm. any of Batman's villains that we haven't seen in a while and and do something interesting with it. Like I don't think you can do Scarecrow. I don't think you can do Bane. Please don't do Bane. You could do Scarecrow, but like we already did him. Like and the fact that it wasn't in the like I feel like you could do a Joker, a Penguin. Um, a Catwoman, a Riddler. You could do stuff that we saw 20 or 30 years ago, but you can't do something that we saw 10 years ago, right? Like, you can't do yeah. anything from the Nolan. Well, and it's like, yeah, and, you know, you Poison Ivy could be interesting if done right. Um, but it's 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 like, yeah, the Nolan stuff, I think they did a great job with uh, Scarecrow, so I don't think you need to do it again like that. But again, scare, like, 
Scarecrow and how they did the Riddler now are almost too similar. Like, I'm creepy uh, and I'm making yeah, you scared. Like, you need to do something that is different from how you just did this. Like, it can't be too similar. And it's like, the Joker could be similar. The Iceman is a more polished killer. That's interesting. That could be cool. Mr. Freeze could be interesting in that. Like, show me a clay face that isn't a shape-shifting, morphing guy, but like a master of disguise. That could be pretty yeah, interesting. that would be pretty cool. You could do that. You know, oh, here you go. How about this? This doesn't make sense coming off of this movie, but what if you have, you know, it's a couple of years in the future. Penguin is now ascended to power. Black Mask is new in town, and there's a gang war between the two of them. One of them is using the assassin Clayface. The other one, oh, the other one can even be using the assassin Ice, uh, the Dr. Mr. Mr. Freeze. Yeah. But that would, I mean, those would fit. But those are cool. But you got to think, okay, like you said, and you illustrated it really nice. Coming off of this movie, Batman is now becoming a helper, a symbol of hope. He's not just punching bad guys in the dark. So how do you, what's the storyline there, right? I, it'll be very interesting to see. But again, you, you can't tread this again. They, they did it. They did it great. Right. But please don't fall into the thing where you're like, well, that formula worked. Let's churn out four of these. Right, you know, like like I feel, um, the Batman Forever, Batman and Robin, they literally were just like, do that again, and I was like, oh, okay, um, so it's or Austrian, but other than that, yeah, <laughs> um, Killer Croc, there's another guy that I could see being an interesting thing, and I, I they, you know, there's a great rendition of him in the comic books where he's just a big dude with scaly skin from whatever reason, like he doesn't have to be a mutant crocodile to for me mm-hmm. to be into it, um, so I'm I'm excited to see where they go, uh. Just keep it dark and keep the detective thing going and don't piss me off with your sci-fi gadgets. (laughs) There's a great story that I love that's, I think, unsung called Batman Year Two. And it's essentially like... Yeah, Batman Year One and Year Two. Yeah, they're both great. He's got like a... a, It's like a a Grim Reaper type of character comes out and is killing. And he's almost doing the same thing Batman's doing, but taking it that one step further. That's a story that we've seen many times in comics and cartoons through many different superheroes. but. I could see that being on the screen pretty good, especially, and that might factor into the Batman trying to be more hopeful, less less vengeance, having that be like, now, for a while, it looks like Batman has gone unhinged, and Batman is taking the the world into, or the, the law into his own hands as far as killing. Yeah. So then Batman kind of gets blamed. He tries to find out who stop, who's doing it, to, not only to stop it, but to clear his name, and then there's, you know, then there becomes a feud. I think that could be cool. I would also really love to see somebody do Robin right for once. Like, mm. how does somebody who has all this guilt adopt a child and then put them in this situation? That's really fucked up when you think about the sidekick aspect. Mm-hmm. Really fucked up. And I think this movie is dark enough to approach that in a way that would work. I don't know how you do it right, but that'd be really messed up. Like, oh, hey, I just rescued you from the same pain that I had, and now I'm going to put you through the Batman shit that I'm going through. Like, wow. Thanks, I didn't ask for this new dad. That's pretty messed up of you. And like that would be an interesting thing. And then the third movie, you bring back Joker and kill him in a killing in the in the death in a family story arc. Ooh, okay. <laughs> Real well, they up. have the the kid the kid who finds his dad's body in this one, the politician's kid. Yeah. They look at him a couple times and Bruce Wayne Batman looks at him a couple times. So you could have him as a potential Robin or do an actual Dick Grayson, Tim Drake. I mean, I guess you could do Jason Todd. Sure. I would like to see a red hood in this world. The problem is, by now, the majority of us watching this movie know the Jason Todd storyline. Do we really need to see all of that? Like, think of even, even if you just did like the Under the Red Hood live action movie, yeah. you still got to show me Robin. You still got to show me Robin dying. Then you got to show me the mystery of who is the Red Hood. 
then you got to show me Batman fighting, you know, Robin in some sort of climax. But that's that's, a lot for one movie. The worst part about the Red Hood is you can't do it now because the big surprise was like, oh, it's still alive, Robin. Whoa, fuck. (laughs) Yeah, that doesn't work. If you start doing that in the movie, like the first time they introduce it, it's like, yeah, that's Robin. Duh. (laughs) Takes all the way. I think Hugo Hugo Strange is a really good um, candidate as well because, mm. like in in the comic books, like this guy obsessed with finding out who Batman is, and then like is that too Riddler as we just did because that plot often overlaps, but <clears throat> could be interesting. There's there's good ones. I mean, there's a lot to do. Give me at least three movies in this in this version, please. Please I give mean, me three movies. You, you fucking go to the comics, right? You could do Long Halloween. You could continue even if you doing- don't do the gimmick of. Like, don't make it the calendar long Halloween man, yeah. as far as, like, calendars. And you don't have to do that same thing, but just have them hunt. That's the that's the thing you could do, too. And I almost like this. This is almost a meta version of what you said about it. it doesn't all have to be Batman. He could just be trying to catch a serial killer who doesn't have a, you know, a name. He's not a super villain. I mean, I guess we want to see that. But wouldn't it be cool to just watch Seven, but yep. with Batman? But with Batman, exactly. But that's the problem is Batman has established a world where this is what he does. That's his thing. That's his that's his bag, man. He hunts down goofy killers. But it's like it would be interesting to see like a version where he just fights the mob. Like what happens? Yeah. I want to see Batman and Alfred build a Rico case. That's what I really want to <laughs> see. You know that that would actually just be Alfred building the Rico case. Batman would not be. Batman would just be bitching God, at him. All dad, the time. you're not my dad. You can't tell me. To, I'm going to go out and be Batman. Screw you. <laughs> That's okay. When you're back, I'll still be here for you. <sighs> I got right, to give, give it another watch. Um and really time. pick apart the things I like. No, that's the thing. I don't know Ain't when I got be able time to. for that. I don't have time. But well, now that I've watched it once all together, I maybe could watch like half of it another half. I can of fast it, forward through the fight scenes and the- <laughs> this is this is this is like a, this is a, a a land for me for sure. And like this would be, I'm not in a rush to buy it on Blu-ray, but I'll buy this on Blu-ray. I would want to own this. I want to see more special features because I actually know yeah. very little about like how they made this movie and like how much of it was real and not real. Because like. Again, I'm always interested in VFX. It's all fake. All, it's not none of it was a documentary. It was real. It was all fake. Hundred percent. All right, dude. You did, are you, you didn't hear my joke? You're just not listening, or it wasn't funny. I missed it because somebody's coming up the stairs. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you said I want to find out how much of it is real. I was like, oh, it's a fictional movie. It's all fake. None of it was real. It's not a documentary. Uh, I'll give you one tidbit. The bat symbol that he has on yeah. his chest. Do yeah. you know about that? Um, I heard rumors, but I don't know what it became. Yeah, there is a Kevin Smith. short story that talks about Batman making the first Batman costume and he gets the gun that killed his parents and destroys the gun and uses the pistol grips of the gun as inlays parts of the, uh, the first thing. So he says something like this thing that used to cause damage and destroy will now protect me. So he puts it on his chest. I thought that was like an interesting little thing. It's a Kevin Smith thing. And that's what this gun, that's what this chest looks like. What did it, what did they end up being in, in this movie? Was it a grappling hook or something? Like he pulled them off and it turned into something. Oh, it was like a, a I think it was like a knife that he was fighting with or throwing or something. Okay. But you think they're the guns? You do? It, there's there, when they were, when the first couple shots came out of the, of the suit, people yeah. were like, Ooh, it's from the Kevin Smith book. It's from the, Kev- it's not a book. It's like a short story. Yeah. I think it was in in detective thousand or whatever. It was just a couple pages story. I thought it was an interesting take. It's not, that doesn't make sense to me, but like, okay. It is a really good take. Uh, it'd be interesting, but yeah, I don't, I don't know. They didn't really explain very well what this was or what it became to, to dissuade Which us. Which is fine. That. We don't need this shit. Like, we know what Batman is. Don't tell us about it. Yeah, it worked. Um, 
But guys, tell us what you thought about this movie. Did you like it? I know a lot of people didn't. I'm surprised that a lot of people didn't online, but also a lot of people did. So it's 50-50. And to me, the best movies aren't controversial. So good for you, Batman. Um, yeah, give me give me a few more. And I think I think this could be some of the best we've ever had in the franchise. You said, <laughs> you said to me, the best movies are controversial. China's over there shaking its head. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> Warner Brothers, get some balls. You guys got them. Let's do this. Uh, let's blast this thing off, Rumi. <laughs> I can't wait to do that with your daughter. I know. She's working on it. She, she can do a pretty good thibbit. <laughs> you froze <laughs> right when that happened. <laughs> you were like this on my screen. <laughs> she can do a really good thibbit. It's funny. <laughs> thibbit. All right. Let's, uh, all right, man. Guys, we've been the Rocketeers. You tell them to like and subscribe and all that nonsense. I don't know. I, I got confused when my kid came up. Yeah, I'm like and subscribe. Me. Rifles, carbines are good. Yeah. Don't forget your cling wrap. <laughs> what was that for? Uh, to wrap around people's heads. I have no idea. I, I, yeah, I, I thought that was gonna be like part of their plan, but I was like, he's using duct tape this whole movie. What the fuck? Duct tape was like, don't use our, don't use our name for tourniquets. I have no idea. Yeah, social media, YouTube. Maybe that's like a like an online militia thing. Like maybe we just don't know that reference. Yeah. It's not a comic book Riddler reference. Maybe it's like a real I'm, world terror. I'm not an incel psychopath enough to understand that joke, I guess. <laughs> hey, hit us up. Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at Launchpad Pod and website launchpadpod.com. Like we said, we're the Rocketeers and we're out. Ignition sequence start. Six, five, four.